0: Well, I'm really glad to be here today, and uh, as we're preparing our hearts to receive our Savior, the birth of our Savior, it's a great time of year, isn't it? Celebrate the, the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, it's a good thing. Christmas is a wonderful time, isn't it? Yeah, I was shopping uh, with, my, uh, with my mother, Pastor Janet, uh, a couple of weeks ago. We, we did our shopping earlier, and uh, my mother asked me, Do you, does Christmas, we're in the middle of Mastermind toys, and she said, does Christmas bring you lots of good memories, and then we were kind of distracted. Something, I don't know what happened. I, you never, I never got to respond to you. But the answer is yes, absolutely. I've got fantastic memories of Christmas. I'm sure all of you do as well, don't you? Christmas is a fantastic time. We get lots of good memories. I can remember growing up and seeing Pastor Morris. and We'd have the Christmas crackers that you have at Christmas dinner, the crowns. And my, my grandfather always put that paper crown on. And he kind of sweated a little bit so you'd see the sweat emanating on the crown. Uh, you know, lots of good memories, with family. This is a fantastic, fantastic time. But anyways, if you're saved, you know, uh, you know, Christmas always brings a specific scene in memory. And what is that scene? It's the nativity scene. You know, the humble nativity scene. I've told you this before. I'll bring it up again, because every time I bring it out, it reminds me. At home, we have a nativity scene, as I'm sure most of you do. My, gran- my the grandparents have one as well, too. They've got a ceramic one, which the kids always seem to gravitate towards and always break it. I, had, I, think, I think Joseph only has one arm right now at their house. But. So we bought a Fisher-Price nativity scene, which is these little rubberized figures that we have that uh, would make sure that nothing gets damaged. They can throw them against the wall. It's fine. The, the magi are going to be okay. Uh, but I can't tell you how many times so far since the beginning of December, we've had to ask those girls, where is baby Jesus? <laughs> we need baby Jesus. Where is it? Of course, we end up finding it, baby Jesus, hanging out with like Wonder Woman and Batgirl that, it's okay. It's okay. I guess Jesus is a superhero too, right? So it's all good. But it's funny because we, we look at the nativity scene with, with these memories too, right? We have all these memories that, that we bring to it. You know, we see it sitting outside churches. It's in our homes. It's got these really fantastic memories tied to it, doesn't it? I can't help but think about, though, how Mary and Joseph were thinking when they, when they pulled up to the stable and were like, Joseph was like, I, Mary, I guess this is where we're going to have our baby. Do you think that that brought good memories or good thoughts to them? No, I, don't, I, I really don't think it was. Have you ever been in a barn, by the way? Yeah, I've, I've, I've been in a barn. I used to work for a company called Dolaval, which produces uh, milking equipment. And we get to go visit a client, and we went to go see this Thai stall cow dairy barn. And uh, I, I don't know how to say this politely in church, but it was hard to tell the difference between the walls and the manure that was in there. It, it stank. It was not a pleasant experience. Right? And uh, I, I just, we look at the TVC, knowing the whole picture and knowing that the beauty of salvation behind it. And I can't think for a moment that Mary and Joseph were, were overjoyed at the circumstances they, they found themselves in where there was clearly no crib for a babe right clearly clearly no place for the birth of a baby but there was a bigger picture there was a bigger joy something bigger than the current context that they were facing so despite their dire circumstances we have we have actually no record of them though Uh, we have no record of them complaining about their situation but you have to wonder if they as humans were wondering you know can anything good come out of this you know they're human. They were human. Mary Joseph were human. They, were, they 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 must have had those thoughts. Like, man, can anything good come out of this? This is not what we expected. Why has God led us here? You know what? what how can I focus on God's promise? Mary would say, How can I focus on what the angel had told me? How can I do that when everything around me looks so bad? So I called this sermon "Joy to the World," which is obvious holiday verbiage, right? We've we've all heard that before. But you know what? I want to use this today as a declaration. I want to use it today as a declaration because very quickly since last week we've seen the world enter into panic once again. Once again we're in panic mode. How can anything good come out of this? You know what I'm gonna have to say to that? Joy to the world. Joy to the world joy to the world you can say it with me joy to the world joy the world yes it's serious yes it's discouraging yes we are all tired of this but today i choose to say joy lord joy joy bring your joy to the world amen yeah yeah so this is the uh, last message that i'll be preaching in 2021 and I think we all did our best to bring bring hope to this year. That was kind of like the theme that we had for 2021, because 2020 was a hard year. Uh, 2021 was still a very strange year as well, too, but we did our best to bring hope to it. Uh, but, you know, it's been challenging, and we yet to see a clear path ahead. And that is being presented, what is being presented to us is just more challenges, but As Pastor John preached last week, you know, we might be in a tunnel, there might be darkness, but the fact that we're in a tunnel means that there is light. You don't go into a tunnel and and don't come out another end. There's always light at the end of a tunnel. There's always an exit. There will be light. So one belief that I had going into 2021 was that God was going to have to prove himself in a big, loud, impressive way in order to convince the world of his saving power. Right, something that would break our attention off the darkness that is around us. But you know what? I think that might be just the problem. The problem actually is our lack of focus. We so easily lose our focus on the man. We so easily focus lose our focus on the Father. We so easily lose our focus on the Holy Spirit. All three persons who actually come to us what they come to us humbly. They come to us humbly. It's not in the wind. It's not in the earthquake, it's not in the fire, but it's in the gentle whisper that he comes, in that humility. We have no eyes for the small, the small signs of, of God's presence, you know, the smile of a baby. Uh, Holly and I had the the opportunity uh, this past week to, do you remember uh, Matt and Belicia, who were who here in our church? They came down to visit, they just had a baby, and they wanted to have their baby dedicated, so we had the opportunity to do that in our home, which was a beautiful thing. And holding a baby, man, that is a miracle. Holding a baby is such a a wonderful, beautiful miracle. You know, we we, we miss the small signs of of God's presence like that, the carefree play of children, you know, the love given to to us by parents, the wisdom given to us by grandparents, the beauty of the world that surrounds us, the beauty of a a fresh snowfall outside, Uh, you know, the absolute abundance that we live in in Canada right? The provision of living in a country where we have freedom of religion. You know, these are all things that, that are the signs of God's presence with us. Amen? Yeah. We also have the power of community that we have here where we can, we can encourage each other on in good works. That's a fantastic thing as well, too. See, all you have to do is kind of prime the pump to recognize that God's presence is here with us. You see that? Bring it back to the focus on him, And you can see without a doubt that God is present in your life. And, you know, if you don't feel that right now, if you don't feel God's presence right on you right now, you know, we're at the end of 2021. Ask God to show you how he has been with you in this past year. He will show you. It's just a matter of focus, I'm telling you. Ask him, Lord, show me how you've been with me. Show you how you've been beside me. And he will absolutely show you. And when he does, make sure you give thanks. Right? Make sure you give thanks as well. Because you know what? Christmas is actually the best time to give thanks for what he has done for you. And I'll tell you why. There's a huge temptation to live in a continual state of despair because there will always be something, whether it be a thought or actual circumstances you are facing, there will always be something that will make you question God's presence and God's goodness in your life. There will always be something. But here's the thing. God comes to us humbly, sometimes as a thought, sometimes as a still small voice, sometimes in the small blessings. He comes to us humbly. He came to us as an infant in a manger. That's a very humble way of coming to the world, isn't it? But even though he comes to us humbly, he still wants our undivided attention. Because salvation can always happen. Salvation can continue to happen to you. Joy, love, and peace can come to you despite whatever loud distractions are coming at you. And there are a lot of distractions happening right now. Okay? So, But his promises to us are found in our focus on him. His blessings are found in our focus on him. I think it's funny, too, when you think of the Nativity scene and the, the wise men and the shepherds that came to see Jesus. I know the wise men came later on, but, you know, if you think of the shepherds that came to see Jesus, were they focused on the context of, of the barn, of the, with the animals that were there? And they thinking, why? Wow, is this is there a king born here? No, they were focused on the miracle that was right in front of them. That was their focus. Actually, this is a kind of a half-drawn thought that I put here. Bear with me for a second. I was also thinking about this too, which is very interesting. The Magi, the three wise men that came to see Jesus, uh, they would have known of the Jewish prophecies of, the co- of a coming Savior. They would have known that because uh, they had the Babylonian and Persian background. They would have known when the Jews were in slavery that a, a Savior was coming. Isn't that interesting? They would have known that, and now they were actually witnessing it And what's interesting about this is they witnessed the freedom of the Jews, but now they're witnessing the freedom of mankind with the arrival of Jesus. Isn't that something? That's beautiful. That's a sermon in and of itself. I should write that for next year, Christmas 2022. That's coming. Anyways. All right. So I want to bring up a verse that's not typically talked about during Christmas. uh, But bear with me again because I I think it actually speaks to the time that we're in. It's at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, so it kind of counts. Uh, but it uh, you know, kind of counts to where we find ourselves today. So when we, we, we look around right today and, you know, we think to ourselves, you know, this is, this is the worst situation we could be in. How much longer, Lord? You know, what are you doing, God? We think that, you know, that's what our thoughts are today, facing what we're facing. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's very hard to see his goodness in that. And I get that. Those are raw and legitimate feelings. Given the length that we've been in this epidemic, it's very easy to fall into despair, and it's also very easy to become skeptical as well, too, of everything, of every person, every politician, everything. It's easy to become skeptical about everything. Well, which leads me to this verse in John 1 and 45, and it says, Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And what did Nathanael say? He said, Nazareth? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Right? Come. And what did Philip say? Well, why don't you just come and see? Come and see. You know, I know myself and the pastoral team have always been praying, Lord, you have to use this. You have to turn this global issue into something good. Right? Amen. I believe that still. I've been declaring that, and I believe it. You know, and then you you do that, and then then you you listen to the news. You go on Facebook, (laughs) and you get slapped right in the face with despair every single time hits you right in the face. We become Nathaniel, right? 2020, 2021, 2022. Can anything good come out of this? Can anything good come out of there? Right? Actually, here's, a, here's an interesting little bit about Nazareth as well, too. Uh, Nazareth didn't actually have the best political uh, reputation, let's say, okay? Uh, following the death of Herod the Great in 4 BC, before Christ was born, uh, there was a Roman armory in a place called Sepphoris, which is four kilometers away from Nazareth. And uh, that, that army was robbed. Uh, so the Romans came and they basically retaliated by crucifying 2,000 Jews in that town and then burning down the town of Sepphoris, right? Uh, and then later on, and that's actually interesting because, you know, later on about, uh, you know, we're talking about close to the birth of Jesus here, You know, we know that Jesus and Joseph were carpenters. They probably helped rebuild the city of Nazareth after that happened. Uh, I mean, that's just all conjecture, but it it might have happened. And actually, beyond that, though, uh, when Jesus, uh, about a decade later, when Jesus was a boy, uh, someone named Judas the Galilean instituted a tax revolt against the Romans, which again caused the Romans to come in and crucify even more Jews. So this is why... This is why Nathaniel was saying, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Because it had this reputation of being a place where nothing good came out of. Can anything good come out of from Nazareth? Well, we all know the answer is, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, something good came out of Nazareth. God chose to have his son, the Savior of the world, live in Nazareth. Why did he do that? Well, it says in Corinthians 1 and 27, God chose the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are. And you know what? This is kind of like a common theme throughout Scripture. We look at Joseph. We look at Ruth. We look at Gideon. We look at David, right? They all began in lowly, despised places. But God chose them. And use them in incredible ways. Even Jesus was considered foolish, weak, lowly, and despised by this world. This is that in John. And to top it off, he was from Nazareth, another despised place. Jesus is the ultimate example of God using what we consider to be weak, what we consider to be undesirable, what we consider to be despised, and He uses that for the express purpose of glorifying Himself. Isn't that wonderful? The problem is we need to get our eyes off the stink of the stable. We need to change our focus. We need to get our eyes off of what the world tells us, off of what history tells us, off of what, uh, you know, our experience tells us, and onto the joy of our salvation instead. Onto the joy. Onto the joy of receiving Jesus, our King. Amen? That's where our focus should be. Come and see, Philip told Nathaniel. Come and experience it for yourself. And respect to Nathaniel, right? Because he, he did do that. He did come and see Jesus. He went inside. All right, I'll go, I'll go check this out. And what did you do when you met Jesus? What did Jesus do? Jesus read his mail. Jesus read his mail and met Nathaniel where where he was. And Nathaniel was shocked. He said to him, How do you know me? And Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. And what Nathaniel say? Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. And Jesus asked him, because I had said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, you believe? You're going to see much greater things than these. And I think God's saying that to us right now. You're going to see even greater things than these. There's a lot happening here in this verse, too. And if you study the scripture, you actually see that it's actually fulfilling part of the prophecies in, in Zechariah as well, too. But if you look at it just from a purely practical perspective, we're seeing Nathaniel move from you know, being worn out from being skeptical, from maybe even being in a place of despair. He moved from that to having his eyes open to realize that, yes, God is here. God is with me. He has been with me. He was with me under the fig tree. Even in my circumstance, he is with me. He is now as well. Can it be that in this Christmas season, which, yeah, is you know we're at another Christmas now that's marred with precautions, anger, cynicism, fear. Could it be that God is saying, hey, guess what? I am with you. I am with you. And that something good is coming from here. Something good, something great is coming from here. Yeah. Is that just wishful thinking? (laughs) No, I don't believe it is. I don't believe it. I think God is saying, come and see to us right now. Come on, come and see. Come and see for yourselves. Christmas is actually the celebration of the coming of the Lord. Come and see. Keep, keep Christ at Christmas. You know that saying? Keep Christ at Christmas. Yeah, we as Christians used to say that all the time. But you know what? It's really only half the battle. You also have to come to Christ on Christmas. Right? You have to come to him. So many of our, our Christian uh, brothers and, and sisters, they practice something called Advent this time of year, which is actually a, a preparation of the coming of the Lord, which I kind of like, by the way. I think that's actually really nice. I kind of like that because the Lord is coming. The Lord is coming. He's always coming. And we need to be alert to his coming. When you have ears to hear and eyes to see, you can recognize him in every moment of your life. You can recognize him there. Am I, am I, am I, am I just talking off the top of my head or do you, do you feel that as well too? You can see him in 2020. You can see him in 2021. You can see him in 2022. He's coming. He is here. Can anything good come out of this? Come and see. Experience. Experience the joy. Amen? Let's make a commitment to not let fear, not let anger, not let pride, not let arrogance blind us to his coming. Blind us to the joy that he brings. Bind us to the presence, his presence with us. Even this morning, he's with us. Even this morning, he is here with us. You know, let's let him be our prince of peace as we close out 2021. Amen? let him do that. He can be our Prince of Peace no matter what's going on around us. So let's prepare the way. Let's prepare the way this morning for the Lord. Let's prepare our hearts for the the coming of Christ. We have to be ready to receive him as we approach Christmas Day. Realize that Christ wants to be born in us, but we have to be open, willing, and receptive to truly welcome him. You know, it's exceptionally easy right now to be distracted. Normally we would be distracted with things like, you know, visitors, Christmas programs, shopping, decorating, all that stuff. And now we have the addition of pandemic fatigue and fear-mongering added to that mix, right? But no, I refuse that. I refuse that. Despite our circumstances, despite the reality of the sickness, you know, joy to the world. i say it again, joy to the world. Joy to the world. Despite anything that's out there, despite anything that's trying to make me fall into despair, joy to the world. Our Savior has come. Amen? Amen. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Prepare yourselves for his coming. God came to us in the form of a man to join us on our journey. He's with us so that we don't have to find ourselves walking in circles and and falling, spiraling downwards towards despair. Instead, you know, he brings us towards peace, towards his joy, towards his love. And that's kind of like the great mystery of Christmas that has continued on for 2,000 years, right? It's happened to give us comfort, to give us peace, to give us joy in our modern and present day. Why has he done that? To let us know that we're not alone. We're not alone in any of this. The God of love who gave us life sent his only son to be with you. With you in particular. With you individually. To be with us at all times and in all places. Including December 19th, 2021. Including today to be with us at all times and all places so that we would never feel lost in the issues that we're collectively facing. You know, so we never feel lost in whatever plague, whatever variant is out there, right? We never feel lost because we can trust that he always walks with us. He is always with us. Thank God that we practice, you know, that we, we, we celebrate Christmas annually because it's the annual invitation to not be filled with fear, and to approach Jesus who comes in love, who comes in peace, who comes in joy, who is greater, so much greater than all things. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen? He is. He is greater than what our minds can understand. And, and he has not come to Lord over us, but he has come to be beside us, to be with us, to be in a relationship with us, to be our friend. That's what he's come to be. Amen? Tell your fear to get out of the way. Tell it to be gone. Fear, you can go. That's, that's what you want. If, if there's anything you want to do before the end of the year, tell fear to be gone. I'll walk alongside your 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 friend, your your father, your, your 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 savior. Amen. Prepare the way of the Lord. Prepare the way for his joy. Prepare the way for his love. Prepare the way for his peace. Amen. Why don't we just stand together? I'm going to pray over you because this will be the last, again, the last service we have in 2021. We'll be coming back. Uh, I believe it's January 2nd, providing we're still allowed to. <laughs> but uh, keep, 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 keep on Facebook. We'll make announcements continually of what's going on there. Uh, but this will be the last time I'm going to be praying over you in 2021. So let me, let me pray over you this morning. Amen? All right. Lord, we praise you for the grace to be counted as your flock today where we follow your lead and not the lead of any other voice. You often said to your disciples, be not afraid, knowing that we are easily brought into despair by the fallen world we find ourselves in. But today, as we approach and celebrate your coming, let us rest in the joyous assurance of your unending care and concern for us. Remind us that we're not alone. Let us know that you are with us. You have always been with us. And it is in this faith that we can prepare the way for you and bring your joy, bring your peace, and bring your love to the world as we celebrate the miracle of your birth. Thank you, Father, for for making a way for us through Jesus. We are eternally grateful, and we give you all the praise this morning. In your mighty name, Lord, amen.